But it's only when you talk to them that you realise that it's everybody's just doing the same thing and anybody yeah. could do it. Mm. If people just try it, you know, it's not any no great special thing to just go out and do left foot, right foot and keep repeating until someone tells you to stop. It's their attitude to what they're doing that that makes them impressive. That's what makes people inspirational is their attitude to what they're doing. You know, the people who go out and, and do great distances are just they're just numbers, but when actually you talk to them and the great attitude that people have. But an ultra run as well, you tend to find nobody's there to bring anyone else down either. You know, because everybody's pushing themselves as much as they can. So whether you're first, second or tenth, it's kind of irrelevant. That was Louise Smarts. And this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Hi everyone, hope you're having a great week. Robbie Marsh here, I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. We've got an excellent episode this week with a very humble and grounded runner, Louise, who took up running in 2010, struggling to reach her first mile and progressed to become the national 24-hour champion by running 126 miles during the Energy event in 2016. Since then, Louise has gone from strength to strength, making many podiums on numerous ultra events and participating in the Island Best and 24-hour event. In this episode, we break down the 326 Extreme Ultras to determine which is the most difficult, and we discuss the last one standing event tomorrow in Castle Ward, where limits don't exist. Before we start, I'd like to give our sponsors Born to Run a shout out. Their last race of the Winter Series is in Castle Wellen on the 23rd of February, which is next weekend. The last race is a great celebration, especially for those who've completed all eight races, so well done to all of you. It's gonna be fun, so hope to see you all there. With great pleasure, I give you Louise Smart. He makes a difference. No, it's without a doubt. I just kind of have this reckoning life. You put shit in, you get shit out. Mm. Now, that being said, I put a hell of a lot of shit in my body as well. You know, and, and I still expect it to do what I want it to do. Mm. But you, I know myself, you know, if I had... If I've been away for a few days and I've just been eating all the crap under the sun, like I, I never break my diet, you know, I've never broken mm. being vegetarian or broken being vegan, but um, if it, it just eaten crap, processed, yeah. starchy food with a big shortage of vegetables, everything's more difficult after it. Mm. You go for a wee run and you just feel like crap. And then, no, of course, if you've had a load of drink, it makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah. But it's, there's a lifetime full of habits ingrained into what you're doing oh, day God, in and aye. day out, and that's what sort of brings I'll not them. quit wine for anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what sort of brings those on. Like, but a vegetarian diet is a good diet, sort of from a nutritional point of view, and giving your body what it needs it to is. help recover. If and... you a decent one, because mm. you could just still eat processed vegetarian crap. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's it. Which like, I do, still... like a couple of days a week, I eat processed vegan crap. For the rest of the time, I try and force myself to do much more homemade stuff. So, see, when you were back in school, what age are you now? You don't mind me I'm 39. 39. I'm 40 in two months' time. You're a 90s child then? Mm-hmm. See, the I, best kind? Yeah, without a doubt. Like, it was funny, mm-hmm. I was at a 90s rock concert last night, but it wasn't my type of music. Like, No, so I was I'm, 90s raver. Yeah, I'm still yeah. an aging raver. I did see that you went to the scooter, sort of. Oh, God, yeah. No, I'm an aging raver. And still think I'm 19 in my head. Do you think you were a confident person back in school? No, I don't think so. Did you do much sports back no. then? 
No, not really. I went to a school um, that didn't particularly encourage sport for... Well, I think uh, most schools are like that unless you're really good at them. Mm. They didn't encourage sport and I think nothing's changed with that. I think schools are dreadful. And I wish I could see a difference in how sport mm. is taught at school. Like, I wasn't bad, you know, like in primary school and stuff, I would have been, you know, excellent at things now, I would have. But then you get into big school and um, you're not as excellent, so you just, there's no focus and there's also no very little fun. Everything's competitive. There's no, mm. no fun in sport and schools whatsoever. You're never doing stuff just because it's great crack. Yeah. You're only doing it to win, to look better, to be better, to get further. Because there, there's a big part of sport that we sort of all now know from community aspect of what we're sort of involved in. And, like, school misses that aspect. So my, my, my son told me to stop talking about him on the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to talk about him again. Like, he loves triathlon. And I'm encouraging that path, not from... Yes, from the health perspective, but also that sense of community and support and fun that they actually have, you know, in that sort of field of triathlon. And in schools, they don't actually, it's not about just running as fast as you can over the 100 meter sprint and come first, second and third. There's a bigger piece that they miss, I think, yeah. on the commu- confidence and how it grows yeah. you as a person. 100%. And... You know, they focus on the academic stuff, like English and maths. But they treat sport like an academic thing as well, mm. I think. And that was what my school was like, so I basically didn't do any sport at all till I hit about 31. Yeah, because it's only a small select sort of people in school. Yeah, you're really good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really encourage that many people on. Um, and I think a lot of those people <coughs> as well because they're pushed in the wrong way probably grow out of any interest of sport as they grow older as well Mm. I love to see schools doing things like couch to 5k's, colour runs you Mm. know just inclusive things that get well obviously with me it's about running but get kids running and running and chatting with their mates, not Mm. doing cross country you know round a playing field on a lashing day not talking to a soul that isn't sport to me Mm. that's rubbish yeah, it can't all be intense, you no. know, because if, if they're doing intensity stuff all the time, then, as your point, like, it becomes an association with them as well. Like, this is just going to be hard work today again, like, rather than taking that enjoyment out of it. Like, so when did you, when was the first time you can think, thinking back, when was the first time you thought, I'm going to go for a run? Oh, I, I, I would, it was 2010, and you know, like, in life where you put stuff, off and you keep thinking yeah no I need to lose weight you know I need to do this do that and I'd quit smoking the previous year and I was overweight and I thought I'm just gonna have to do something so I did the usual like we fitness DVDs and stuff in the house and then one day I decided I'd try going for a run and jeez it's hard (laughs) and I remember my biggest having an aim there was a building like 200 meters down from my house thinking i'm going to get to there without stopping and it probably took me a couple of weeks to get to there without stopping but when i got to there without stopping i thought that's brilliant you know i did it all on my own and i had another aim and another aim and and sort of that's how it went yeah and like that was only 2010 like yep so it wasn't that really that long no and you know what it feels like it was yesterday as well Mm. You know, it really does. Mm-hmm. 
And so when, what then did you, what path did you take when you started then building a bit of sort of distance? You've got up to a mile now and you've got up to two miles. You're thinking maybe I could even maybe enter a race or something. Yeah, well, like that. Um, I, I entered a 10K, I think, within a couple of months of trying to run. Sort of <laughs> after I'd lost weight and started running, it was your saying about confidence. You instantly mm. think, well, if I did that, I could try this. And I, I entered a 10K. Um, it was the lagging side one was my first one and it was before park run then it was the year yeah. that park run started and um, and I trained for it well what I thought was training and you going out and doing it and I joined a club then shortly after at County Antrim Harriers where I've been since and that's a, a big part of it yeah did you join that yourself then did you go searching for a club or did no you know no it was, was at the second ever park runs in northern ireland the waterworks and greg hopkins yeah. who's the chairperson of county antrim harriers he's since sadly passed but um he used to make it his business to to, to approach women that he thought <laughs> you know are you from the area you know come on join the club because our club at the time was predominantly female nothing to do with with him um but it was mainly relaxed kind of atmosphere, social running, and mainly female. And I thought, oh, well, okay. So I went along to there, and I just love the whole club thing. Yeah. I love it. The support group that you get from that, and the community yeah. and the friends. And what you give back as well, because mm. giving back feels just as good, and it's brilliant. It's something you learn, like, isn't it, through it, through the sport in itself, mm -hmm. that you're not... Ex well, there's loads of stuff that you're not expecting is going to happen as it sort of materialises. Yeah. Like even reaching that first little milestone and then actually going to a 10k race or actually uh -huh. joining, I'm joining a running club now. And <clears throat> giving back then becomes part of it just because you get so yeah. much. I hate you. to see runners who don't experience running clubs though or, or that mm. sort of thing because I think they're missing out on a, on a big piece of the running community. And through the years in Northern Ireland, that's what's what the, what the community's built around it's where we've had all these great races and events mm. it's been people slogging away in the background doing traffic planning and people marshalling and people you know putting their it's work in work, that way like, and people work. running couch to 5k's and and all that yeah. sort of thing so I, I'm a big some people just throw the gutties on and they just turn up and they start sometimes they give off about this and that like they don't actually appreciate maybe what work and effort and that actually goes into it to, yeah. to provide in mm -hmm. that and a lot of times especially like the park run which is free yeah it's a free and event. it's mammoth effort not mm. just for the individual <clears throat> volunteers that turn up and collect chips but there's somebody there organizing every one of those park runs all through the week before it even gets to saturday to turn up early to you know i, do, I hardly go to park runs anymore just because they don't really fit in with my life yeah, or yeah. my training but it's a great starting I, place absolutely they're fantastic. I love them at the beginning as well. Especially with kids as well, because there's not much, like even races and 5K races, you have to be over maybe 16 yep. years of age. Mm -hmm. There's a big void there Yeah. for people who are around 8 to 16. So Park Run's amazing. You can just take your kids along yep. as well and let them shoot away every Saturday morning. Park Runs are fantastic, and you get out of them what you want. If you want to mm. chase PBs at them, brilliant, go for it. If you want to just run around at the back and take your time, then exact same thing mm. they're brilliant and can you think of some of the early people that you met in the club then so when you first joined the club is there anybody sort of took you under your wing or you obviously sort of... greg greg mm. was an absolute legend he was one of these people who was so quiet and unassuming but you know he came from a pedigree of being a good runner in his own time and 
trying to push people without knowing they're being pushed. Mm. You know, a very kind of subtle thing. You know, just making you sort of uh-huh. reach outside your comfort zone a little bit by little Yeah, bit, ironically, one of the things I always remember him <laughs> saying to me, and I now say to other people, was, "Don't rush into up on the miles. <laughs> get get some speed mm. in your legs, and you know, and don't don't rush to do half marathons. Don't rush to do marathons." And then of course you ignored it and yeah. did exactly that because there's something addictive about just going one more mile. So the. The first 10k you ran then, talking about that addiction aspect of it. So after that race, and you cross, well, just as you cross the finish line on that race, because it can go two different ways for people. Some people think, geez, that was horrendous. I'm never doing that race again. Whereas other people are like, sign, looking to sign up for the next race. How was that experience for you? So in the it's first a bit one? of both mm. in that if something's horrendous, but you did it, then that's what you use as ammo to do the next thing or to try a bit harder just to try and improve what you just it was like that with that was brutal that was horrible but here i did it didn't i Mm. and you can carry that through to the next thing which you'll then remember that you did and i've sort of just done that probably at the start it would have been a lot more about getting a bit quicker and getting faster Mm. you know you're focusing on your 10k sort of yeah because that's what you what you did had your mind crept further than that much after your first race or two no probably well i did my first dublin in 2011 um but i I kind of just i did that on my own you know i just got the miles up on my own confidence up before i had the balls to enter it and how was that then was it nerve-wracking going into that it was dreadful and it's still the same experience i get from every road race on earth ever just that Oh, dry heaving, uh, <laughs> stress of the thoughts of, I don't even know what, but there's something very stressful about road races, I, I personally find. Mm. I find it quite emotional as well, like trying to have, you know, all that amount of time trying to keep your emotions in check, like, oh my goodness, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And I find that, and still I would take like wee panic attacks on road races particularly. At the start or during? Once you're starting, you're okay. You're sort of in the flow after a couple of miles. Like. Near the end, usually. <laughs> usually I have to go nearly slower at the end of, of stuff because I start, can't breathe. I'm getting stressed. I'm getting stressed. I, I think that's great. Like, 2011 was mine. Sort of first was sort it? of journey as well. That's when I started running. It was 2011. I did Dublin. And there's all these people out training, doing their own thing, and they all congregate on this day. And everybody's just feeling the same. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that first one I stayed down there, I had to get all the prep. Oh yeah, I did that. All that good stuff. I'm past that now, by the way. But but the last Dublin, I met you at the starting line. Actually, we were As walking I said, right. Who up, is that? <laughs> under your pumpkin outfit. <laughs> right at this, right at the starting line. It's funny you're on that journey in 2011, mm-hmm. and there you are again in 2000. I love Dublin Marathon as much as I find it really stressful. It was my first, and it'll always be my favourite marathon. Yeah just the support's the right type of support it's sincere and it's in good spirits it's not too much mm. i don't like being overwhelmed you know like london i found just too much yeah they call it the friendly marathon like don't yeah, they? it's brilliant the best city and it's the right type of course too it's got ups and downs you mm. know like northern ireland does how we train and how, how many times have you done dublin four times probably now mm. five maybe would that be your 
most repetitive top marathon? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it would be. Mm. Oh, yeah. Although I did it last year and I hadn't done it for probably three or four years before that. It was brilliant. It was great crack. Because your husband done it last year as well. Yeah. But he done amazing. Like, was he like, did ridiculously well. It was like 3.30. He did 3.30 in, I think, 29 seconds or something. Was he gutted? No. <laughs> no, he was not gutted at all. Obviously, yeah. hindsight's an amazing thing and you can look back and think, oh, I could have shaved that off, but no. Because yeah. he'd only ever done one before that and it was London about 2015. I think he did 3.47. And he hates running. He'll tell you he hates running. <laughs> he likes it giving you a licence to eat cake, but he hates running. He likes the competitive bit of it but I sort of have a connection with Dublin Marathon because I've done it I think eight or nine times now and um but it just keeps on teaching me something every time I do the race there's almost a connection with it that I find I know what you mean I don't know if it's just unique with well I don't have it anywhere else but it's like yeah here we are again in October right it's almost like you're Button heads for that marathon again. Yeah. Here we go again. Like no, I do. I, I like it. I don't do many marathons, but it would be the best of them all. Mm. And plus, because it's as kind of reasonably local, you tend we tend to have a lot of people down yeah. from the club that we know, and it would be a great weekend as a whole rather than just you know about the race. Which to me, everything has to be about more mm. than just the event. It has to be the road trip. So, yeah, it's, it's almost like a celebration, Dublin, because it is a local race. Yep. And all the clubs going down to I think our club went down you one year there's like seventy six of us. It's brilliant, isn't it? So you it? have all the best and you're gonna meet them all on course and then you're meeting the ginger man afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's all part of it. And almost like I'd be gutted if you didn't go to Ginger Man after it. Like it just wouldn't happen because it's all part of it. Yeah, it's brilliant. No, it it is, it's it's the best. Belfast has so much to learn from it. So what made you decide go for a half marathon then? It was just add a little bit more on a little bit more on and I did Oma but again I've kind of, it was um, I would still kind of treat most races the same so back then I just entered it but didn't really tell anyone you know mm. trained on my own went down on my own and I'm I'm perfectly happy with that you know a lot of people would be you know need to get it out there yeah I do think people should I encourage people to tell people what their goals are because it stops you chickening out of them. But but I'm quite happy just setting an adventure for myself and, and going and doing it. I'm fine with my own company and my own... Mm. when I'm trying for something new. And were you like more focused on trying to get a bit of distance or were you focused about time then? Were you trying to improve your time? Probably since? distance because you didn't know any better. Yeah. No, really, if you look at times, probably since I started running, I haven't improved that much. Mm. What what time would you run a half marathon in? What was your best sort of half marathon? It, th- 139 is, okay. is the best I've done. But it's phenomenal though, isn't it? Because when you think about when you start out running, you're trying to run to that sign. Oh, and yeah. how hard it is to run an eight-minute mile. But it's still even phenomenal in that if yeah. I go out for a training run and I'm puffing and wheezing at nine and a half minute miles you think how on earth do you pull it out the bag on race day because I never run quick in training I don't like it that's why I like running far yeah. I like running slow it's nice it suits you more yeah pe- people's sort of makeup's slightly different some people are able to go hard and go deep and hang on into that area of discomfort 
Whereas other people's strength is the discomfort of going far. Yeah. When you're when you sort of like I your but you know your body's given up and your mind's telling you you're not going any further. This is it. But you you've sort of there's an inkling in the back of your mind that saying just keeps to you, it on more footsteps. Mm, I'm gonna keep going. I'm just mm-hmm. you know I'm just gonna keep on going and then you break through that. You just sort of get a little bit of a lift from that, don't you? Knowing that you've beaten that sort of oh, yeah. difficult. Yeah, sort of path. I get I get no joy in running fast at all. It's a horrible feeling. So and I, I do believe why do stuff if it's horrible? Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed so to be. You've fun. done the marathon in two thousand eleven. You sort of started running in two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you? And you jo- you joined the club at that stage. When was the first mar- ultra marathon? Then that you. What made you even decide to go? That long. My first ultra wasn't until Tullymore and let me count back. Two thousand fifteen I did Tullymore. I thought it would be a safe and sensible one to do for yeah. your first ultra, which I still think is because there's security and laps. Yeah. You know, there's security and being able to stop if you really need to. Um and then in I liked it. Well, the usual love hated it, mm. and went to. I got in touch with straight after it. I got in touch with Ed, you know, from Energia, yep. and I've known Ed through um, dog training because he runs dogs as well. And I sort of just before Energia opened, I said, "Message me, do you reckon I could do it?" He's like, "Oh well, maybe try the. You could maybe try the twelve hour." And I, I didn't, I ignored him and entered the 24 um, and then did last one standing in that February. That was 2015. That was 2016, so yeah. Christmas, oh, yeah, the yeah, new year right. had passed. And I did I did that and that was me hooked. That was it. So 2011 to 2015 then, what was there much happened in there or did you do many marathons in that time? Did you do many marathons outside of the country or...? Yeah, do you know, in the first few years of doing marathons, we usually would have done a road trip a year away with the girls from the club, you know, Eileen and all. And, you know, so we've done Vienna and Munich and Berlin and I did Boston and I've done London a couple of times, you know, so to make an effort to go... And they make for... They're the best way to see a city. It's to do a city marathon and have a few days off and enjoy the city. Do you think you would have seen half those places if you hadn't not at all. started running? I'm not a city break type of person. Mm. It wouldn't have been what I would go to enjoy. But I love the environment in a city when there's an when there's an a marathon yeah. on. You know they're they're brilliant. I recommend anybody just book flights to to any foreign country and do a marathon at it. Mm. Don't worry about what pace you are or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. People have it. A lot of people have it in their minds that like you're going away. You're going to Berlin, and um, to run the marathon. I come back and people ask me, you know, did I win? <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, yeah. Yeah. definitely not Berlin. Like, but they don't understand that in marathon running, you don't need to be this elite, athletic. No, because there's, there's only like ten of them. <laughs> yeah. There's twenty thousand of us who are just the people who are yeah. out there doing our own thing whether it's just for the road trip for the fun to get five minutes off a of pb but mm. that's what the rest of us are doing because the statistic is is like 25 percent of people have broke four hours yeah you know when says oh have you broken four hours it's like 75 percent people mm-hmm. are behind that four hour mark 
I remember people asking me when I did my first marathon, you know, people in work and uh, not runners, saying, so do you, what time were you? And I think it was like four hours, 16 or something like that, which I was delighted yeah. with. Oh, did you not get under four? I'm like, do you have any idea how tough <laughs> that would be for me to get under four? You know, how difficult a, a thing that was, but people had no concept of really yeah. how, how much it is. Well, my first one was six hours. I went to an injury, six hours, 14, Dublin. Oh, that and must it, it have was, hurt. It was hard work, to be honest, like, yeah. really hard work. But I remember somebody saying to me, I was still proud as punch. And one thing that stuck with me in Dublin was there was still loads of people out at the end yep. cheering me on. Mm-hmm. And I remember one guy saying to me, oh, brilliant finish, because I launched myself in the last 30 yards. And um, But I remember being so proud of it. And one of my mates in the pub says, sure, you could have walked it in that. Oh, and I just was like... <laughs> thanks. <laughs> That's just what you needed, wasn't it? Yeah. But as I progressed and moved, went on and done bigger, sort of better things, like, and he's still sitting there in the same shape and size. And I always remind him of that. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates <laughs> <Sorry>. that feedback. <laughs> But um, it's a special thing when you go to like a city marathon. It's funny, we were at a 40th birthday party last night and they were all runners that were there. And there was something missing because I think it was the first time I'd been out with them that it wasn't after. I'd done all these city marathons. You, you hadn't them. had a race beforehand? We hadn't had a race. Nothing to be proud of? Beforehand. And that actually made me, for the first time, I woke up this morning because I'd been injured for a while, mm-hmm. I actually really miss it. I think, geez, I really need to get back in into this, yep. like, because you're missing that community aspect of it and the buzz that you have. Big style. The evening before the race, you know, you're you're all out, maybe at Italian or whatever, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still eating crap food, but you think you're doing a good thing. <laughs> oh, it's all about the pizza beforehand. <laughs> and uh, you know, you, you go and you have your honest so much nerves in the morning, then go around the breakfast, and you're seeing all these people, like, and I lo- a great trick I've got is. I love talking to people that I don't, I've never seen before. Yeah. With their names on their top. Well, John. And they're looking at you as if. How are you? Who are you? Just, oh, your name's on your top. <laughs> yeah, I love catching them out. But then the buzz of that whole race, and then you finish, because you're finishing on your own, but you're with people. Yeah. And then it's that collection when you start meeting each other and seeing Pouring how well the drinks. everybody got done. Like the first place you go to is the bar, so the quicker you finish, yep. you're at the bar and you're getting that. Oh, I'm, no, I missed that one. I put a box of wine in my bag for the finish. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie, always, you're missing a trick. <laughs> always go to a marathon with Louise. Like, is there any of those city marathons that stick, really stick out that you would like to go back to? Um, well, maybe not like to go back to, like, um, but it was maybe your favourite one. Probably my favourite one would have been Vienna. It was just beautiful. And guaranteed any road marathon I've ever went away for. It's always scorching weather, which is lovely. Yeah. I like running in the heat. Um, and and it was it was just quite a special one because it was our first like big road trip. As there was a gang of girls, we all went over and had a, a fabulous time. And it's a beautiful city, you know, yeah. one that I never would have visited. And most other sort of, obviously not the majors, but most big city marathons in Europe would tend to have a half marathon on, mm. sometimes even a 10K the same time as marathons so anybody can be part of your road trip and everybody's getting the same sense of accomplishment whereas you go to big ones like london or boston it's very much just about 
the marathon distance and that's it and well yeah. that's not life there's much more to life than mm. just marathons everybody can join in those type of yep. marathons like that's uh -huh. so my wife she runs up to half marathon yeah. distance why should she do any further yeah. if she doesn't want to so i'm sort of now selective when i'm looking for what marathon yep. to do is there a half marathon as well that you mm -hmm. can because then you can both go and enjoy and get that yeah, buzz. Yeah, but most, most of the big cities do have them and around the big European ones would have them. Yeah. So bouncing back to 2015 then, <laughs> Tony Moore, how did that go for you? Because three loops, three 13 mile loops, it's quite a good course. Yeah, it, and it's gorgeous. It's, up down. it's beautiful. Beautiful time of year in November. Beautiful time of year and, and it was where I discovered that ultra runners walk. <laughs> that was just Shh, that's a secret you're not, you're not meant to let an, that one out oh it was just like this moment of realisation when I seen someone walk in front of me I went is this how they do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and since that obviously from that day on walking's a massive part of yeah. what I do and the enjoyment factor just went through the roof after that mm. you know so you're having you know, big hiking sessions up steep hills in Tullymore and then really fast, explosive, steep, technical kind of downhills. And it's just electric. It's brilliant. Yeah. Obviously, it, it's a miserable experience as well, yeah. moving for 40 miles. But, you know, it's self-satisfying, you know, mm. what you get out of it from your confidence and how it makes you feel. It's just worth one more step. And there's something unique... I suppose all stages of the running is exactly the same, like, but in ultra running there's a sort of different, deeper level of, like, everybody's going through the same pain. The same misery. You know, it really is mm -hmm. misery, like, especially, like, yeah. Tolly Moss has three loops, so everybody on the third loop is going through, and you, you yeah. sort of bounce off each other, don't you? Those you events are great. Tolly Moore's fantastic one for the timing of the other events. Mm. So you're constantly having marathon runners would be joining you and then half marathon runners, you know, so you're getting, uh, you know, a bit of motivation every time of yeah. someone faster. And I'm very talkative when I'm out on races. I will talk to anyone, anything to distract you or if you can yeah. cheer someone else up or, you know, take their mind off something for five minutes. So you're always getting new people to talk to. And ultra runners are, well, they're just the best people in the world. Yeah. They really are. I had a unique experience in Tollymore. Um, I went into it not in great form, but I started the race. And because I wasn't particularly that fast on the day, when I f there was nobody there, obviously, because you start earlier on yeah. in the ultra race. When I finished, there was nobody there. You just felt like you'd had the loneliest. <laughs> I did not see a 10k runner, a half marathon runner, or a oh. marathon runner. And I'm like, how, how did how this happen? That, how did that even happen? Because I had it in my head that, you know, people were going to be doing these loops and then they were going to be joining us, these waves of people coming yeah. through. But and if I, you are always finishing your lap just behind. It must have been unique what I did. But yeah, it's I did pretty not, clever. I did not see anybody at all. I found myself talking people pushing prams that were not doing races. <laughs> Looking for a number to <laughs> yeah. see if they're, are you with me? <laughs> um, but yeah. But you've done well in the 26 Extreme Ultra events. Yeah, but they're, they're quite small fields. You know, there's not that many of us do them. The 26 Extreme events, I, I adore them. Yeah. I just think they've got the balance just right. And I, I just love beautiful places. So Ian has it down to T. Mm -hmm. He's got three good ultra races yep. there. He's got Tolly Moore, the Mornway and Causeway Coast. So he put a post on Facebook there a couple of weeks ago 
um, about which one did you think was but out to everyone which one do you think oh more all the way the difficult one so I just want us to put that to bed so you've got talked about the Tony Moore one there yeah. which is loops beautiful time of year yep I, I just loved when I turned up and the leaves were all oh, it's orange, gorgeous. golden brown. Can and it's quite it? forgiving for weather because you're in trees most of the yeah. time as well. And it's quite a lot of recovery in it. Yes. Because you sort of, as you say, you're not going to run up those peaks mm-hmm. unless you're one of the real yeah. fitter guys like um, or girls. Just yeah. We'll leave that to those ones. <laughs> yeah. um, so you do sort of recover up and run down. You're using different muscles all the time. It's, yeah. and, it's, and it's great. And I didn't actually mind the loops to nope. be honest at all they go by very very quickly yeah they're fine and once um, you get past number two and you start number three strangely enough you feel fine again yeah. you know you, you go into number two thinking how am i going to do this again and again but once two's done it's kind of like it all goes quiet you're on your own again and it's oh okay we'll just stick with this for another 13 so miles that was the one tip you give me actually when we had started off um, was no matter what happens at the end of the second loop, just keep walking yep. and get on course. Yeah, and, and you'll feel okay. And you'll feel okay. Like I was lucky I had Barry McCarroll come down, sort of help me oh, in the brilliant. first two loops, and then he left me. Oh, that and was I, nice. <laughs> and I, your lowest. <laughs> but I, I found him. I felt amazing after two loops. I thought, geez, I could do ten loops. Uh-huh. As soon as he left me after a couple of miles, then my head it's thought it was too much time to think. Then, yeah, you see. exactly. Um, that's where it goes wrong. So that's t- Tolly Moore. Has a bit of everything there good soft grounds as well like um and beautiful rivers and stuff we'll talk about the causeway then because you threw more way out there very quickly like, oh yeah a oh, causeway's cracking a lot the causeway is, is a brilliant event yeah, i so love it i actually haven't done it yet My have plan, you not i'm planning on doing it this september you, any distance in no it? i've never done it because i think i've always been focused on dublin again a really good time in dublin yeah and i never really just clicked in um, now I don't really care, so I'm just doing whatever's there. Like, do so, what makes you happy, right? <clears throat> that's it. And so, Causeway Coast. Um, what is it about Causeway? Tell me a little bit about the course on Causeway Coast. Starts out in Port Stewart Strand. The, the only bad thing about the whole course is you start at the start of the strand, have to run up to the far end of it, and then <laughs> back again. So you've kind of lost the three miles at the very beginning, which is a bit depressing on sand of course and then it's just as long as the water's on your left hand side and you're getting to see parts of the causeway that tourists don't even see you know everyone does the bit at the headland and you know they go out as far as shepherd steps and that's it but you go another couple of miles out there and the views out as far as Dunservic is just stunning it's stunning it's a different type of difficult event though you know it's lots of steps Lots of steps and lots of styles. Technical. I wouldn't call it technical. It's not stones and stuff like that. There, no, it it's now? more. Well, there's some bolder bits to get round headlands and stuff, mm. but it's not really that technical. Um, so it's got a real beauty again. Like, again, it's yeah, it, it's fantastic, totally and you've different. got the the other runners coming through for the other distances, which as well kind of keeps, you but, know, the finish line and stuff alive. Yeah. as well you know it's good and there's no chance of me missing everybody in that course is it an out and back course it's out and back so you do 13 miles from port stewart to port ballantrae yeah and then it's out and back okay. from port ballantrae to ballantoy not ballantoy um Carrick-a-Reed. so there's, there's a good chance i won't be on my own then <laughs> yes especially you have to get to the two-third mark before the half marathoners start Okay, so the Mon Way, 
the Mon Way then. I love it. Um, I think it was my favourite race. Yeah, it's I my favourite race in the world. Do you know, race by, I mean, a, like a point to point with, the, with an actual finish line. Yeah, I like Dublin's it. my favourite marathon. That's that's it. Yep. The cap will always be on that for a road marathon. Like, um, there's just something unique about the Mon Way. Like, it's that's, a it's a hard course. Like, oh, it's so hard. And I I like the thoughts of of being a mountain goat, but I'm really rubbish at it. Yeah, I'm yeah. really not good at, at the morns. I'm not good at hills. But it's kind of simple enough that you can still have a go at it. You know, yeah. you don't have to be a fell runner to to do it. And the morns are just so unique with what weather they can throw at you. Yeah. I have done it in every weather possible. Yeah. it was. I've done it three years, I think it was. And there's one year, a couple of years ago, it was... Torrential. It must have been 2017. Yeah, did you do the ultra edit? Well, we actually started... My wife actually done her first marathon, so we went out with the walkers. That's how I convinced her in doing so it. So you seen the apocalyptic Yeah, so I was... Weather. At one stage, I was literally standing in my to my chest yeah. in one of the rivers, yep. helping her across the river. Mm-hmm. And I met Barry McCarroll there as well, funny enough. he whizzed on through. <laughs> and, but he had fallen over and went under the water. Oh, it was so dreadful. He had, but he was... I don't know what that guy's on, like, but he was buzzing when I met him. He's like a drain rat. That his skin was bones such a is. stressful race. That one we were staying yeah. in um, Ross Trevor and Ross Trevor in the previous night, and there was Velux windows above my head, and I just had the most sleepless night of listening to this torrential rain, thinking, I can't do this. I can't go out in that. Do you, do you like that though? Because I, I thought it was absolutely awesome. My, I thought my wife couldn't have got a better marathon for her first marathon. I don't cope well with cold. <laughs> and the fear of cold. I think it's called frigophobia. I don't cope well with it. Because yeah. I know that's that's the one thing that can break me is is getting cold. It's starting to shiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's and you have to respect the morns. It's you know, if you get cold up there and get to a place where you're having to walk, even in July, it's yeah, or, or June it is. It's it can be dangerous. Well, if you get wet anywhere, yep. And you know, especially when you're you're trying to run light, yep. So the clothes you're not wearing really mm-hmm. all kind of much sort of gear with. I always there. do even locally, even if it's I'm only going out for a five mile run. I always carry my phone mm. now. If I'm going for anything. Over that, I always carry an extra top and a backpack and stuff behind me just because you, it, I, what it was, I went up over Carn Money Hill once um, a couple of years ago and I got to the top of it and I found myself in a field full of cows. I don't really much love cows and I'm like, well, I really want to get through this field. Cows weren't agreeing and I thought, I could get trampled to death by these things, <laughs> you know, half a mile from civilization, and nobody knows where I am. Nobody, you know, so since then I'd be a lot more smart about what what I bring yeah. and, and even on short runs or the, get cold. The ultra, the Monway ultra, you can be quite on your own. Very, very so isolated. Um, I actually met you on that race as well, believe it or not. Where were you? it was 2016, coming through Tullymore, you wouldn't have remembered, but I was uh, somebody walking, feeling sorry for themselves, wondering why my legs are cramping at this stage. Did I help you? <laughs> You did. That's good. <laughs> did I tell you to keep moving? That's exactly what you said to me. Just keep moving, you'll be fine. Yeah, suck um, it up. <laughs> but I do remember, like, mile, I think it's like mile 35 or mile 36. And there was, like, I hadn't seen anybody in ages. 
and thinking to myself like this is hard mm-hmm. like i have done an arm i started cursing iron men or not not iron men but the for thinking their the events, events difficult because <laughs> i thought you spoiled buggers <laughs> <laughs> you're so spoiled when you're doing an ironman because i had done the ironman the year before in Credit switzerland to you. And but you know every like three miles you had a big massive fuel station with sponges yep. and drinks and salt and it was just like a whole expo at every stop and there's like a thousand people cheering you on. There's no way you're not going to finish that race. No. Whereas then I just focused and brought the spotlight right back to me. Is anybody else still doing this race? <laughs> this is awful hard no work food for a left. jelly Where baby. Am I gonna... <laughs> yeah, exactly. This jelly worm is not going to get me no. to the end of this race. Like, um, but. It was amazing, like, it was an amazing experience no matter what, you know. And I, I had one, I think my best, um, one of my best experiences in a race was I was trying to get to the half marathon as before they took off mm-hmm. to make sure I got the buzz of yeah. that. And I hit the bottom of the hill at Fofany at two, 2 o'clock and they were all at the top of Lined the hill. Lined up at the sides of the hill roaring at you. And yet. they were roaring, but they hadn't seen me. And I thought, shit, I'm going to have to run up this hill or they're going to go. So I, I ran up the hill and they started, they were just starting the countdown. And I thought, no, they don't even know I'm here. And that was my goal to get to them. But just as they were about to start, somebody goes, hold on, there's an ultra runner coming. Oh, that's and there's, there's something special about that race. Like I've done the marathon and when you've seen an ultra runner, you just have so much respect for respect them. Because you're like, how the hell are you doing this twice? And, but what they did was they done, they split and they all done an arch for me. Oh. And, but it was, <laughs> It was great and it was funny at the same time. I came through and, you know, the energy that gave me. And then you felt, oh, I have to keep this up. <laughs> and that was the problem. I had to With keep it up. With them chasing you down the hill. <laughs> and I went down the hill and my legs started really badly cramping because of the downhill yep. all of a sudden. <laughs> I had to wait till the very last half runner went, uh, half marathon went past me and I lay in the ditch. Just, trying to stretch just my let legs. me compose myself here. Everybody thought it was a hero, like, just for five <laughs> minutes. Like, it was an amazing experience and... You think that's the hardest one out of them all? It's the longest one, obviously. Yeah, it, it is by far the, the longest. It's 52, 52 mm-hmm. miles. Sometimes Elevation-wise, like you're going... Yeah, it's like 10,000 feet. From, from sea level twice. Yeah. You know, you right can, the way up. And how do you attack a race like that then? Or what do you fuel? I'm rubbish at fueling. I'm, I've never got it right after all these years. Mm. I go out with a backpack filled with things to eat. <laughs> and come back with the same stuff in it usually <laughs> you know I, I went off gels and stuff years ago they just I think when you've done a couple of marathons you just get yeah. putrid sick of them and then you realize you have to eat real food but usually it's like like one flapjack or something is about all it gets eaten on the <laughs> way around and that would be it because it is hard because it's your body and mind changes so much through a longer race, doesn't it? Yeah. And you almost think, you don't know what you're going to fancy. Because it's almost exactly. as much as, it's you almost want, that, isn't it? Yeah, I just, I, a gag reflex would tend to kick in quite quickly mm. with me when it comes to eating and events and just nothing will go down. Because I, I see me halfway through the altar opening up my food bag and this whole plan, I've stopped doing the plan now because I know it's just shite. Yeah, it's rubbish. <laughs> but you have this plan of what you're going to eat, you know, that stays, like Tony Moore was a good example of it, like, and open up, I don't fancy anything in that bag mm-hmm. whatsoever, pack it of salt and vinegar crisps and away I went, <laughs> like, you good know. Good you, been able to eat them. Yeah. I would tend to, I don't stop is what, I don't do it in mm. events, you know, for food or anything. 
a song that you have to do it in the hoof. Everything has to be done. That's a great. That's a good way then, because you're adapting throughout the race, really. Yeah, but your body can do so much with so little. Yeah. It really can. When you're training up for one of those, then do you feel? Nope. Not at all. Like so no. you get pretty. Your body's sort of getting used yeah. to that, like. Exactly, because you can't you can't fuel enough calories for twenty four hour events or anything like that. Mm. You cannot physically put in what you're using, so your body has to learn how to work with what it's got. Obviously. You, you're trying to top it up as much as possible, but you're not going to get enough to be, you know, 600 calories an hour, sort of. Yeah. You, you can't eat that. Your digestive Spe- system can't cope with it. Especially the warm way. It, it can be warm as well, like, yeah. can't it? Like, I remember, I think it was 2015, I think it was, when we did the actual marathon. It was like 30 degrees. Yeah. And I met my wife at that, at Spelga. It's a local race to me being from Kilkeel, yeah, obviously. Like, lucky you. And she had this bucket of ice with all these Powerades and water mm. and stuff in it. I took them all out and stuck my head into the bucket. So <laughs> you wanted, I just want I you just, for your ice cubes. <laughs> uh, that's all I needed, like, and it sort of revived me totally. But you can burn off a lot of calories, like, in those type of conditions. Yeah, I always carry a lot of water and I would um, pop salt tablets. Yeah, so the salt is one thing, I think. It, like, I think it makes a, a big difference. I think it makes a difference with nauseousness and, as mm. well. You know, because I can't stomach taking gels or, you know, sachet-based like. things. Mm. It's just, ugh, the thoughts of them. So I've started taking salt tablets and I find them good. Yeah, the cramping I had in the moment, actually, it hit me at mile 16, which That's is crazy. far too soon. Then. Because I'd done the marathon four weekends in a row, yeah. leading up to it, no problems whatsoever, 16 miles. Just one of, just one harder. Of them, it was just one of them days. Mm. I think, to be honest, obviously I was so, a lot stronger. I was pushing harder. Yeah. There's a couple of people that were watching that were good ultra runners who were like, slow down, Robbie. Yeah, but I feel great. <laughs> Even though in my head I knew I was trying to stay slow. But yeah. I was, and I was going slower than what I was used to when I was road running. Yeah. But I still hadn't trained like that in three or four months. Like, so it caught up with me. But they give me salt tablets. And that's what sort of, you know, I could feel the correlation between taking it and actually easing in the way I went again. Like, the, the, there's science behind that they have make absolutely zero difference yeah. to cramps, but you know what? There's what works for you, and that's it. And that's it. Like, and you—that's the thing about ultra running. You have to be adaptable because mm-hmm. it's like a marathon. You can sort of go in with a structured plan. Half marathon, you definitely can. Like, you just go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in a marathon, you can go with a structured plan, and something might happen. You just have to be accepting of that. Um, in ultra running, it happens all the time. You're just going up and down all the time. Yeah. Your body's feeling different all the time. Different emotions. Your stomach is changing. Yes. Like, and you're, you're trying to kill your body. Yeah. <laughs> but your I body's think the reacting biggest, to it. The biggest part of it to me is knowing that no matter if no matter what goes wrong, apart from the cold, your legs are still going to keep moving. Mm. If you know, if you just remember that, they'll still keep going just because you haven't had. Yeah. proper gel or or you know at your brownie at the exact right time but we're so lucky in ultras because if you're having a real shit day you just know you're going to take longer on the course mm-hmm. and that's all it really is isn't yeah, it it's not that's that you're, all. you're not going to not smash this magical time and anything. you don't have pbs in mm. in ultras nobody cares well in any sort of trail event I don't yeah. think anybody should ever think about times. It takes as long as it takes. Yeah. And like I could, you could do the like the morning events every year, five years running, and you'll be completely different just depending on what the ground conditions or the terrain's mm. like at the time. 
100%. And it's great, it's quite liberating then, because you don't have to look at your watch and worry and about And I think this. that's where the, the stress of road races come from yeah. me, compared to, you know, I can rock up to the start of, you know, like a, a 26 Extreme Ultra or something, and not have a care in the world, because, there's no pressure there's nothing to worry about it doesn't matter yeah. I can only do what I can do in a day and everybody else is doing the exact same I remember waking up going to Tolly Moore and a friend of mine picked me up I'm Steve McNew and I was like I really should be thinking about this in some way or form nope. and I didn't give it a thought the evening before just went to bed woke up the alarm just uh, oh no I'm the queen of preparation oh are you yeah <laughs> no. when it comes to I'll have spreadsheets and lists and stuff in the weeks preceding an event which I will have into categorised columns for what sort of thing they are. And then the night before I have what we call like a faffing routine where you stand and put stuff in your backpack and then you rearrange it and move it into various different pockets and set your breakfast stuff out, set your clothes out for the morning. And I'll still, to me, there, there's so much I can't control mm. in an event. But the wee things like, like that, I can control. So I, I would be a control freak when it comes to organisation before an event, and then on the day just wing it. Yeah, no, I'm so wing it <laughs> all the it's way through. You no harm. I, I remember <laughs> going down to Dublin and I was like, shit, I forgot my field bit, bent, belt. I was yeah. like, oh, well, just, just left it. it and just went anyway. Like I didn't always. That's progressed over time. Yeah. You know, I used to be extremely really anal, like and <laughs> taking my gels at this mile and this at that time, like and having everything laid out. And the, I, I've just found personally, the more I can strip it back, the more I enjoy it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You 100%. almost become like a minimalist sort of in your running. Hippie. Yeah, so um, it just takes the stress away from it. But the control takes the stress away from mm -hmm. it as well. You know, if I'm shouting out, where's my socks? You know, start, start, race is starting in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I look after the little things and then yeah. the rest of it can sort, sort itself out. But that, that's important, I think, when you're on course or at the start of the race. There's a lot of energy lost as well if you're worrying about things. Exactly. And Ian Keith was brilliant. Ian Keith. Oh, he's he's a pro at it. You yeah. watch him at before an event, silent, sitting there, playing on his phone or reading a book or whatever. He's all about mental energy. Mm -hmm. Don't waste your don't energy. Don't waste it. So he is prepared because he doesn't want to waste any energy. Yep. And even his fueling strategy is so stripped back. Yep. Um, because I'm laughing here because it's starting to rain outside. Yeah, goodness knows what that will sound like on the amp. But the rain will be fine. Like we're mm. recording it in uh, Louise's transit van here <laughs> in the car park, which is pretty quirky and unique. And we thought it'd be nice and quiet here, but now it's raining. So you're getting that nice pitter, you get in the caravan so everybody enjoys. So. That's it. But yeah, he strips it right back. And even his fuel, he has it stripped back because yep. it gives him less to think about. And when mm -hmm. you are running long distance, you know, it's your mental energy is more yeah, important definitely. than anything else, isn't you it? You worry really? about putting one leg in front of the other and and mm -hmm. that's it. Whereas you can spend so much time counting miles or worrying about your pace or all that sort of thing. It's just wasted effort. So, 26 Extreme Ultras, you've talked about energy. Yeah. And talk to me then about, because it's a phenomenal event. I, I don't know how I've missed this event. I, it's, I don't know how I missed it before it as well. It's like it's such it was, a carnival of it's, celebration. Yeah, and everything. It, it's came from nothing. You know, the, the first year I did it was the year that it was the first year it wasn't at the track. And 
although I hadn't done ultras, I know I, I wouldn't have suited me on the track, especially at the beginning. Yeah. That would just... I would find that tough. Yeah. I don't think I Although anybody who did it said it's amazing mm. that they actually, a lot of people preferred the track, they prefer the surface, they prefer how close they are, how you can always see your support, you know, the, mm. the intimacy of it, but I don't think I would like that. To me, Victoria Park's just perfect for mm. running, running circles. So Emma J then, for those who don't know, it's a 24-hour event and it runs around Victoria Park, which is, how far is it, 1.1 mile, is it? Not even, it's 1.01 or something, not two. I think you do, as I say, 20 laps get a mile free. <laughs> so <laughs> it works out. So for every 20 laps you do, I think you get one mile free. And what's the camber like on that? Is it, because you're all it's going the same? It's flat as a pancake. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay, it's so brilliant. No, no problem with that at all. Like, And, because you had great success in it. Kind of completely accidentally. Yeah, so tell me about the first year you entered it. Because that was 2000. Yeah, that was 2016. And I just rocked up with the kill box of stuff and I had no crew or help for anything and just started running. And, you know, I didn't have a plan or anything really. Just like, I think maybe did five or six laps and then had sandwich or then stopped eating and then, <laughs> you know, and just kept going for 24 hours it was a, it was a very very surreal experience the husband turned up the next morning after golf and he was like so you're still running he says you're doing pretty well you know it's like I don't know they keep you know it's strange but it, it, it was a very surreal experience of just accidentally yeah. and it was it's a much smaller event then as well so it didn't seem like there was that many people on the course either it was quite quite quiet but mm. again got to meet some some great folk and got to learn a lot about what I was capable of as well some of the core crazy people the yeah. crazy bunch the, the core <laughs> crazy people they're, they're doing phenomenal things like aren't yeah. they and it's only until you meet these people that your mind opens up uh-huh doesn't it like it's like wow they're doing this like could i but it's only when you talk to them that you realize that it's everybody's just doing the same thing and anybody yeah. could do it mm. if people just try it you know it's not any no great special mm. thing to just go out and do left foot right foot and keep repeating until someone tells you to stop <laughs> you know but but anybody can can do these sorts of things i get frustrated that people don't believe <laughs> yeah it's, but it's in, it's inspirational when you talk to these people and that's it, you get exposed to these people and they have this influence on you and you realise they are just ordinary people. It's their that's attitude to what they're doing that that mm. makes them impressive. That's what makes people inspirational is their attitude to what they're doing. Yeah. You know, the people who go out and, and do great distances are just, they're just numbers, but when actually you talk to them and the great attitude that people have, mm. that's... They're so I upbeat love. and positive, uh -huh. but yet everyone goes through their own struggles. Like we all go through our struggles uh -huh. in life. Like nobody. But an ultra run as well, you tend to find nobody's there to bring anyone else down either. No. You know, because everybody's pushing themselves as yeah. much as they can. So whether you're first, second, or tenth, it's kind of irrelevant. Mm. You're, you, so nobody's there to bring anyone else down or make anyone feel worse. Yeah, it's just by supporting each other around that course, really. Exactly. Isn't it? Whereas in 10Ks, half marathons, there's always these like wee micro races going on <laughs> constantly. But they're great too though, they're diff it's a different thing, yep. do you know what I mean? It's how you take them because I've had loads of those micro races and you cross over the line 
and you shake each other's hand or you give this person a hug. Yeah, and you don't even know the person, yeah. but you pulled each other around, of course, and you've both got a great time. It's so, yeah. it's so different. That's what's so good about running. It's so diverse. Yeah. And it means so many different things to different people. Um, you talk there about being frustrated, not like frustrated with people that, that you can do this too. That people don't have the self-belief. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was thinking about this funny enough when I was driving up and because I'm the same. I try and draw people out of themselves and help guide them a little bit. Um, just like the guy in the club. Yeah, just, so was just doing try yourself, it. Yourself, like. But I was thinking though, you know, I wonder, is that in everybody? Or that mindset, I mean, from a physical capability, it's in everybody, but is there a mindset that... Oh, physic yes, it is only a mindset, but mindset can change. You know, before any of us were runners, we didn't think that we could run 5K. You know, but you adjusted your mindset to work out that you could do a 5K and, and then do a 10K. You no doubt about it. Like, mm -hmm. and it's all, as you say, what are you doing? It's not about the distance or how far you're going. It really is putting one foot in front of the yeah. other and adapting to how you're feeling at that moment in time. Yeah. Isn't it? It really just is. And now, like the past cut, the past last year, energy it was so apparent the amount of people who were just, who just realised, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to try yeah. and get 50 miles, 70 miles, 100 miles, or, you know, and there's a lot more people realise that I think that they're good yeah. for it. Well, know? one person jumped out of my mind last year, is it Claire Martin? Oh, Claire's a legend. Like Claire wanted to do 15 miles, did she? Yeah, she, she was... She was one of those people that just mm -hmm. turned up, if I can make it to 50 miles, and she doubled her target. She was in the top 10, I think, overall. Yeah. She was incredible. <laughs> No, she was absolutely brilliant. And um, so last year you done phenomenal. Um, 2017, what was your result in 2017? 2017, it was the World Champs. Oh, it was 2017 was the World Champs. Yeah, in so. Belfast. So I, I was on um, the Ireland team for it. So it was a completely surreal experience. So the whole energy event was going on at the same time as these amazing world quality athletes you know it was quite refreshing and liberating and that i could sit back and go if i get top 50 this is brilliant yeah. <laughs> you know it doesn't matter because these people are incredible yeah um but that that, that was awesome how, so you were running internationally at that yeah in 2007 how did that happen from 2016 so in 2016 when i, I finished it um john o'regan because it's the irish um, national Championships as well. Energy, John O'Regan, who's the team manager for the Irish team, came over and says, you do know you got a distance that would qualify you to apply to be on the team. At this stage, I'd had a bottle of cava in me and <laughs> <laughs> was a bit delirious. So um, a, a couple of weeks later, I, I found his name and emailed him uh, and said, repeat that again. <laughs> and, and that's sort of how it came. So, so what distance did you do? It was 127 miles. Wow. But strangely enough, my mileage has never much changed for mm. all the 24-hour events. The vo it's only like increased by one or two miles. It's strange that over that length of time, You would isn't think it? there'd be massive variables in it, but that seems to be my, <laughs> my go-to distance. So what position did you finish in that 2016? 16, I won it. The females, obviously. Yeah, so... 24 hours 127 miles so you became the national champion then yeah in 2016 yeah which was ridiculous really 
Yeah, that's like what what did you think at that point? Like, because here you were, you'd start, you just sort of touching into the world of Ultra and I'll give this a bash and see what happens. That, and that's then, exactly it. Here's to the next adventure. It's 127 miles, it's phenomenal. It's ridiculous. In 24 hours, like, who needs a car? Yeah. Like, why have you why have you sitting in this van there? Yeah, because <laughs> it's much easier than running <laughs> for 127 miles. Yeah, that's phenomenal then. So and then in the World Championships went on. How did that go then? I, it was it was an amazing experience. It yeah. was a complete vom fest for me. I spent like the last five hours staggering around the course like a drunk puke. It's quite warm though that year, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was. It was warm. But again, I don't mind the heat. Yeah. Doesn't annoy me. Um. But it was it was an awesome experience to have so much support out, you know, and because it was such a big event and it was our home city, you know, it was a massive thing for Belfast mm. to have a World Championships for anything. So, you know, people really got behind it and to have so much support and and you know, from club members, family and friends there, oh it was brilliant. It was absolutely it really, amazing. And it really earmarked that race in it and a G in everybody's ear. Yeah. And so it did. Everyone knew about it. And I was gutted and missed it. I could just imagine the atmosphere oh, it was created. It was like, fantastic. And everybody having their little fuel stops all set up. And uh-huh. That year was a bit different because at the international events, they have mm. you know, the international sort of aid stations. So you, it's not really a community, if you know yeah. what I mean. So you're only it's allowed... more structured sort yeah, of Yeah, you're only allowed to take food off of that one place and the whole yeah. course. So you're friends and family can't give you anything whereas traditionally energy you've got your wee tent and your camp and you know you're looked after there so what did your husband think then like you're running an island top like how the hell he just goes with the flow oh he's so proud of me he really really is but he's my my biggest supporter he just rolls his eyes and goes oh here she goes again (laughs) what hairbrained ideas she coming up with she got in her hand but he'll always he'll always be there for me do you know i would tend to I've always been quite reluctant to drag him in to to helping or crewing and stuff yeah. because well it's a, it's it's my hobby. I don't like stepping on other people's toes. You know, I'll mm. be quite independent that way. As long as he drives me home at the end of it. So two thousand eighteen then you've done really well in it again. Two thousand eighteen, um, yeah. It it was a month after the European Championships. So I was on the Ireland team for it in Timisoara in Romania, Romania which was again a, an amazing experience just to be like do the whole away thing mm. and you know just with the team it was it so was, I was actually going to talk about that next but now we're on it yeah onto it. like it was so amazing. how did that feel like because it was you had Aidan there yes um, Aidan and, and Ian and Eddie like a phenomenal yeah like and you see, just to sit and talk to these people as well, it was brilliant. It's so Absolutely knowledgeable. Brilliant. And you know, the women was Amy and Susan, who they've been around the block a long yeah. time and are amazing. But just even to be part of that team, yep. Team Island. Oh, it's incredible. Going to Romania, like that uh, must really stand out. And you get the full kind of like opening ceremonies and, you know, travelling in your club kit you know it was it was an amazing experience it was really good and it was it was different because you were there to do a job you didn't have any distractions from home or or anything like that you were just yeah. there put on the course do your job were you excited about that then you couldn't wait to get out oh yeah it, was it didn't brilliant. matter about the result did it the result was 
putting on that singlet and being there. Yeah, and and the the result the result also was it's a team result, you right, know. Okay. So you're you're doing it for the team. You're not doing it for okay. your own. So you your were own charged race up. results. You were focused. Yeah. There. You really wanted to give it your best shot. Like. I, exactly. The the weather was ridiculously hot over <laughs> there. It was mental, but it gave me a lot of confidence to make me realise that oh, yeah, I probably could cope with stuff in hot countries. You know, if, mm. if if I wanted to in future. But it was it was really really good. I loved that trip. I, I listen to you. I think it's amazing. Like because if you think, like that's two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. There's 2010. You started, and you're trying to run that mile. Yeah. If somebody had showed you that photo, look, here's a photograph. 2018. There's you in an island, I know. top in Romania, running the European Champion 24-hour race. Like, what the hell would you think? The two don't go together, but I honestly, I do think anybody could yeah. could could do it because I'm just someone who who put one foot in front of the other. There's no God-given talent in it. It's yeah, you're a, very humble like no it's it's not at all it's, yeah i know i know what you're saying like anybody can do a 24-hour race yes and there's quite a few people there doing the 24-hour race but they're not all winning it like so there is a talent there no it's just in the head that's all stubbornness yeah. and pig-headedness but maybe that just yep. pig-headedness is your talent yeah no i know i'm really <laughs> really stubborn and i don't i i am pretty good at sticking at something once strong-minded yeah strong-minded not necessarily in training or anything but mm. on a, on a day i would be very when you need to be yeah but that kind of just comes from the confidence of knowing you know what your body will just do what you ask it to mm. don't doubt it your brain will try and tell you all sorts of stuff but it's all wrong yeah your legs will keep going i think that's amazing it's one thing i've learned quite recently as well listen to some people like like so Wim Hof etc Wim Hof's amazing at it and if anybody knows him there and he is just purely just trust your body it will react yeah. it will it's made to survive it is now he he climbed Everest you know in shorts and t-shirt and sort of swam in, in the Antarctic for 50 meters in a nice hole yeah and he's just to show people just trust your body and it will it's incredible it will survive like it's it'll tell designed. you a lot of stuff to try and get you to stop yeah. but it, it you don't have to mm. and you know i've learned so much as well that you know even when you're nauseous and sick and you know in your worst place ever the legs are still moving you know ever you're still doing it have you ever had a race where you thought you weren't going to finish no the, the only race I've ever um, pulled out of was 26 Extreme The Wall Geathlon yeah. with weather. <laughs> I, I got to the stage, Dangerous. you know, uh, the, like the black tunnel. I was so cold, I couldn't see, I couldn't focus. It was, that was, that was a dark day. <laughs> Do you think it's like women are more and more sort of forging the way in ultra running at the minute? You've just seen the... Jasmine Paris was published oh, she everywhere. Was ridiculous. But again, it's her attitude and what yeah. she does that's the best part of it. Because it seems to be happening. I remember during Ian Keith's um, podcast as well, he talked a lot about how women are moving forward in the sport. And they, they have this strength to be able to just push on through. Yeah, and there's probably a bit... The basic instincts, sort uh, of more of a... Probably, I can't say women as a whole are, are less competitive but they're probably not as you don't want to use the word uptight no 
like solely competitive that they don't they wouldn't be as much into the mind games and mm. and I think there there would be a bit more relaxed going into it. A bit more bomb proof. Mm. But that being said, I I don't necessarily believe that you know, like there's a few exceptions of women who have done incredibly like Paris and Courtney and mm. so there've been these really high profile ones lately because they are amazing. They are yeah. a different league. But they're still one out of a, out of, of quite a small pool. There's not enough women doing them. Yeah. There's not enough women trying these events. I'm sort of making time to push, making time, I suppose. That's yeah. it, really, because life is so busy. Um, we think we haven't got the time. But Jasmine Paris was excellent. I think that's what sort of oh comes. Oh my goodness! You know, the... Fourteen months ago, she had a. A wee child. If you look at Laura Graham from Kilkeel, he's got yep. four little kids. You know the time is there. Yes, if you if you really want to, you but want I to, like. I wouldn't have that focus or, or mm. drive to put like what Paris had talked about. You know, getting up at three yeah. four in the morning to put in twenty mile mountain runs. No way would I have as you, that focus. As you say, focus. she's an elite extreme athlete yes do you know what I mean and it'd be, we'd all love to be there yeah. <laughs> but, but that's that's the exception more often yeah, than the rule 100% so tomorrow you're doing last one standing it's next week but we're recording yeah, that okay. this week <laughs> <laughs> panic I don't have a spreadsheet ready <laughs> so next week you're doing last one standing so how because I thought about the race we had Sean Nickel on the podcast a few weeks yeah. ago and it's sort of in my mind a little bit. There's so many different ways you can attack that race. If, well, if you know, you can you can just because I'm not somebody who likes to stop. I feel my body sort of seizes up. Yeah, it, it doesn't in, suit some people. It might be in my head. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but I just like to keep on going. Even when I go for a long run with people and they stop for the water stop and get the chat, mm. I run up the yard or run up the road hundred yards and I'll come back until they're ready again. And well, what he's, how he's doing, I still say hello to them, but I just don't like stopping. Um, so, so many different ways you can attack that. What's your plan? I I just love that event. I love mm. everything about that event. It suits me. Um, Where, so, where's it at? Last one standing in Castle Ward. It's in Castle Ward, Atlas. Yeah, yeah Atlas running through the day, brothers. And just tell me a little bit about it then. For those so, who don't four point two mile loop, and it starts every hour on the hour. So, as far as you're concerned, you've a a 4.2 mile loop to do yeah. and then you just have to be back to start the next one on the hour and what you do in that hour is your business you can do it in 35 minutes and then have a 25 minute kip or you can walk it and literally start straight again if you want you know it's yeah. up to you but you have to fit in all of the things you need to do in between so your fuel and your bathroom breaks and getting changed changing shoes all that sort of thing as well so it's sort of staying fresh and sort of staying energized like i think it's more about staying relaxed it's mm. the opposite of staying refreshed and energized it's about staying chilled and not worrying about anything outside the next 4.2 mile loop yeah, so that is one race. The race breaks it down for itself. So that's what you try and do in the ultra races, don't you? Break them down. For anybody who wants to try an ultra, it would be the big one I would recommend mm. because it's so easy to just do one more loop. And it was the event that I did that made me realise what you can actually do if okay. you just just go, keep going. Go one more step. Yeah. Like, so as soon as that buzzer starts or wherever it starts... You're on yep. the course again. And you're on the course again, but more importantly, 
it's a fresh start line so you're mm. you're not alone yeah. you can talk to another new runner you know so the person that's running the race may be standing next to you yeah. on well you know what the person who's winning it's probably behind you yeah. <laughs> you know more often than not but it's it's a do a fresh start every time so you just approach it that way and you can chat and you can you know make the most out of it so you talked about your spreadsheets etc what sort of thing would be on your spreadsheet going into that race oh i've been buying junk food now for about a week and a half <laughs> already so but my promise for this one is to try and eat more real food so like mm. hot food that sort of thing but it'll probably end up being jam tarts and chocolate pots <laughs> that that sort of thing but you know you have to assume you for every weather condition so you have to bring multiple changes of, of gear and clothes mm. and shoes and I'll, I'll have this transit van just packed to the gills basically comfort is important isn't it yeah your body is you, you're talking about being relaxed and trying to enjoy the event that's going to help you comfort is one thing isn't it because if you get wet and cold and miserable that yeah you know you can go downhill very very quickly in that sort of condition so do you are you going to have a crew or a little no the husband will probably call down a couple Mm. of times i don't know if he'll he usually stays for a couple of hours and then but it is that kind of event isn't it you're going to know quite a few people there like and it's exactly and you're well looked after the day brothers you know if there's anything you really need you know they'll Mm. they'll sort it for you so i've um yeah, it'll be fine. Have you got a game plan? Well, I originally said that I wanted 150. So we'll see how that goes. How are you going to attack the loops? You don't attack them. You don't? You just do one loop and then but I another. I mean, like, is your plan to walk it? Or oh, huge amounts, huge amounts of walking. The slightest. Yeah. You sort of, for the first, the hours of daylight, your first four or five laps, you're just creating your markers where you're going to walk, where you're going to jog, and, and that's it. And trying to keep the pace to slow enough that you're never out of puff and that you never sweat. Because then, of course, you're just making more damp clothes as well. Yeah. And do coming in with a time of, I like to have about 10 minutes spare where okay. I can get get and stuff done do you and you keep that 10 minutes quite relaxed then what you're doing because you don't really want to get too excited in those nope. 10 minutes you go you. first thing i do is get my bum in a seat and sit down <laughs> you know <laughs> you spend enough time standing up and the course itself is it it's not i'm assuming where it's at then it's, it's very bit, hilly yeah yeah it's a bit it, up and down like, yeah, isn't it's, it? it's very hilly but you just I suppose that helps stimulate the mind a little bit yeah, plus it's walking breaks. Don't think of hills as negatives, they're, they're positives because mm-hmm. that's where you're getting to walk up them, use different muscle groups and then run yeah, down yeah. them. Brilliant. Have you anything else sort of earmarked? This year? Well, there's the um, the Celtic plate. Yeah. The one in the end of March, so it's 100k, which is terrifying, <laughs> the thoughts of it, because it, it's going to be so fast. You said the word terrifying there, but your mm-hmm. face just glowed with a big smile when it's you said ter- it. Well, again, you know, it's it. I'll be representing Northern Ireland, which I've never oh, got brilliant. to do, which is amazing. And it's a great group that that are on the team. You know, there's Jake Sean and Gillian yeah. Connolly and stuff. So it's going to be a brilliant trip, but terrifying. Excellent. Is there anything out there that you would love to do that's not Spartathlon. really Spartathlon. It's Very it's good. my my big one that I want to do. And what's the distance in that? It's 150. Mm. Um, 
in Greece in the middle of the summer. I would I would have put in to do it this year, but the twenty four hour world championships are four weeks after it, and of course the teams I may not get on the team, yeah. but I have to have to assume to try to get on it. And do you feel good about yourself right now? Do you feel that you are as in good a shape as when you did get into it? No, and I would never, I would never feel good about anything. My <laughs> left knee is giving me hell at the minute. <laughs> so, so you, you never, I, I never assume my body's in as good a shape as it was the last time. But my head yeah. is always, every event you do is a bit stronger than the last time. Yeah. So. Brilliant, Louise. Thanks very much. Thank you, Robbie. Appreciate you for your time. And good luck next week, or tomorrow, or whatever. <laughs> Hope it works out for you. What will be, will be. I think Louise is an amazing individual. Just listening to her makes me want to lace up and go for a long run. Great timing for those doing the last one standing this weekend. We have quite a few listeners taking part, and some that have already been on the podcast, such as Sean Nickel, Aaron Savage, Terry Murray, Ian Hilsden, Catherine Miscatti from Bally Drain, Jason Conley, Judith Robinson, and Chris Green, who I met during the Inverness Marathon last year. Just like to wish all them the best of luck and everybody else who follows the podcast. Can't lie, I'm feeling extremely jealous. I've earmarked this for next year, but for now I'll just enjoy watching everyone else absorbing the pain. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not do me a favour and pass it on? If you can just get one person to help download the Podbean app, it'll help bring me in some sponsorship to help support the show. Small ask in return for the effort and costs associated, so I hope you don't mind me asking. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. Until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.